0: Amen. Well, grab your Bibles this evening, turn to 1 Kings chapter 21, 1 Kings chapter 21. When you and I go to the store, we look for something of value. We try and find the deal. We look to see what something's worth. And by and large, the value of something or something's worth really is established by how we feel or how bad we want it. Um, Sometimes the actual value has not near as much to do with it as our desire for it. Uh, The other day, since this is the last opportunity to pick on Zach, I'm going to do it tonight, uh, the other day, Zach was telling a story about he, when he was down in DC and it was so hot going around the Capitol and they're looking at things. And you know how it gets down there in that concrete jungle. I mean, just radiant heat everywhere. And he said it was so hot. And he was with some friends and, and uh, he saw this side, this street vendor. The street vendor had smoothies. He's like a smoothie, and he's like, I'm going to go get it. He said, my friends were like, don't do it, Zach, it's not worth it. Don't waste your money, Zach, and he's like, I'm going to do it. And they are like, don't do it, Zach, and he's like, I'm doing it. And he goes, and he, he bought a smoothie, and he enjoyed the smoothie, and it was delicious, and he was glad to pay the, whatever price that was for a smoothie on the street there in D.C. Why? Because he was thirsty, because he really wanted it. And then his friends went to McDonald's and he's like, oh, you guys, <laughs> they said, we told you not to do it. <laughs> and uh, they, they, he's like, well, I'll just get some McDonald's too, amen. Um, but he, hey, what it boils down to is the value is based on how bad we want it. We see here in our text, somebody that wanted something really bad and somebody that lost something that was worth it all. We see in 1 Kings 21, begin reading in verse number 1, follow along with me down through verse number 6. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, uh, heard by the palace of uh, Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house, and I will give it thee for a better vineyard than it. Or if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. And Naboth said unto Ahab, The Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word of Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken unto him. For he said, I will not give it thee the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid him down upon his bed and turned away his face and would eat no bread. It is amazing how descriptive this is for an adult man who was a reigning king to throw a tempter tantrum like this. For an adult man to act like a baby and go sit on his bed and suck his thumb because he didn't get what he wanted. I mean, this is basically what's happening here. He didn't get what he wanted and he's going to go sit in the corner and pout. Verse number five, but Jezebel. Story's getting worse. (laughs) But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said unto him, Why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread? And he said unto her, Because I have spake unto Naboth the Jezreelite, and said unto him, Give me thy vineyard for money, or else, if it please thee, I will give thee another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give thee my vineyard. Man. I think you guys, most everybody here are are familiar with this story. You know how Jezebel comes on and she says, wait a minute, don't worry about it, I'll get you your vineyard. And she plots to have Naboth killed. And she tells the men of the city, you know, why don't you gather together everybody and get them out and lift up Naboth, put them out in front of everybody and then have two men. And she just specifically requests for sons of Belial. Men that are known to be wicked. Have those men testify that he blasphemed against God and then call for him to be carried outside the city and stoned. These men did this as they were told by Jezebel to do so. Naboth lost his life. Naboth was stoned because he wouldn't give up his inheritance that God had given to him. We don't know really too much about Naboth. In the pages of Scripture, we have this short story. And he was killed because he would not give up what God had given to him. You know, you look at this and you wonder, was it worth it? Naboth Was it worth it for you to stand and for you to hold on to? I mean, you think, well, why wouldn't you just give it up? I mean, come on, Nebot, just give it up. And then you could have had another vineyard even better than that vineyard. You could have just given it up. Well, this morning I want to speak to you for a couple of minutes. And I want to encourage you to settle in your heart and mind that it is worth it. That it is worth it. It is worth it, beloved, to continue to do right. We see in the pages of Scripture over and over again men that did what was right and did what they felt God wanted them to do. And you read the stories and you think, wait a minute, that didn't turn out good. What, what, what in the world? I mean, you think about David who was a man after God's own heart and David who uh, the sweet psalmist of Israel and he was playing his harp and he was standing for right and he beat Goliath and he was fighting for right and then all of a sudden the ladies start praising him of the city and oh, David, uh, Saul has killed his thousands but David is tens of thousands and uh, the, that green-eyed demon of jealousy settles in the heart of Saul and David has to go on the run for his life. And you think, man, David, was it worth it? Was it worth it? Look at where you ended up. Look at what's happened, David. But I want you to know that in the end, the work that God was doing was fulfilled and David did become king. God did accomplish his will and his purpose in David's life. And you could go through the pages of Scripture and you could see man after man. You think about Stephen who was stoned for doing right. But you know, in his dying breath, he was standing there and stones were hitting his body and he knew this was the end. And he didn't say, oh, if I would have just rejected Christ or if I would have just turned away or if I would have said to uh, d- d- deny the Lord. But no, he said, Father, forgive them. Hold not this sin to their charge. He, he, he wanted, he was worried about them, not worried about himself. I think that Stephen would say today that it was worth it. We look at these stories and the hardship and wonder sometimes if it's worth it. We look at our own lives and sometimes the struggles that we go through and the battles that we face and Satan comes to you and he sets up on your shoulders and he says, oh, is it really worth it to do right Look at how you've lost your job. Is it really to do right? Look at the struggle you're facing. Is it really to do right? Your your, your transmission went out on your vehicle. Is it really right? Your, worth it to do right? Look at how th- you did this and then this happened. But I want you to know tonight that it's worth it. In every situation, it's worth it because God is good all the time and all the time God is good. And sometimes you don't see Him behind the clouds, but God is still there and it's worth it because in the end, we're gonna stand before. Our heavenly father and he's going to say well done and whatever struggle whatever battle whatever war you went through here on earth will seem but a speck in the in the scope of eternity and it will be worth it all Listen, we sing that song, it will be worth it all. And I'll tell you one day when we're on heaven's shores and we're standing before our glorious Lord and Savior, it will be worth it all. But I would like to say to you that right now it's worth it, that today it's worth it. In the midst of the battle, it's worth it because of the things that God has done for us. Even in the worst of times, God is still on the throne and God is still good. It is worth it. I I, I sat with my family this week and we we had to use another vehicle because the transmission went out on my vehicle. And, you know, you look at it and it it was all inconvenient and not so nice, but I I was riding around with them and I just thought, man, I'm so blessed. God is so good. Oh, look at what we get to do. And all of my kids are here and they're they're healthy and my wife is here. And, uh, oh, we are just blessed beyond measure. Can I tell you, it's worth it to do right. It's worth it to do right. Oh, Satan's going to get up on your shoulder and he's going to tell you it's not. He's going to try and sell you a lie. He's going to try and tell you it's not worth standing. Don't stand for right. Go ahead and bend and bow and give up what God has told you to hold dear because it's not worth it. But I want you to know it is. Oh, in in the scriptures, Ahab is a picture of Satan. Can I tell you that Satan has always been trying to sell you something better? I mean, you could go from the very beginning pages of Scripture where Satan tempted Eve in the garden. I'm not real sure about... Do you know who we were sitting with? I don't even know if you were there. I was sitting somewhere and we're having this conversation about where men would be without women. Oh, it was at... You see, you got to be careful about that 55 and older group. (laughs) It was at our house last, last Sunday... And brother Joe and Miss Nelma, we were chatting and they were having a conversation about the state of man without the you know the problem in the garden and and uh you know they had differing opinions <laughs> as to uh, the uh, where we would be and one of them said well where we would where, where men would be without women is still in the garden amen <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know uh I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to create a problem, <laughs> but they were, they were just having fun, and we were just joking uh, back and forth. But all the way in the garden, you know, even Jesus Christ in the New Testament, Satan came and tried to sell him something, yeah. Matthew chapter 4. And even you, this last week, I can tell you, Satan came and tried to sell you a bill of goods, yeah. tried to tempt you, tried to get you to trade something of value for something that was empty, hollow, and meaningless, Beloved, maybe he wants you to trade your relationship with God for a little, little bit more rest. He wants you to trade your witness at work or your witness out in the world for a little bit of wealth. He wants you to trade your power with him for popularity with others. He wants you to trade maybe the value of your family for a little bit of fun. Partaking of some of this world's entertainment. Oh, it won't be that bad, but we don't know the impact that it has. Satan's always going to try and sell you a bill of goods, but I want you to know it's empty promises. When Ahab came to Naboth and said, Hey, I want your vineyard. He was very clear. He says, I can't give it to you. Why? Because the Lord forbid it. In verse number three, the Lord forbids me to do that. I can't do that. This is what God said. And that's what matters. You see, we've got to get it settled in our mind that no matter what it costs, it's worth it if it's what God wants. No matter what it costs, it's worth it if it's what God wants. When Joseph uh, was... uh, not even tempted, but really attacked by Potiphar's wife. And she says, come lie with me. He, he said, how can I do this great wickedness against my God, against my Lord? It was a sin against God. He said, I can't do it. I can't trade these few minutes of pleasure and sin for a season. I can't partake of that. Why? Because God forbids it. Because God forbids it. Satan somehow is able to creep into the heart and mind of men and deceive us into believing that the empty promises he has are real. And so many of us Christians trade all that God wants us to have, the inheritance he wants to give us, the power he wants us to have, the blessing he wants us to have, and we trade it for this present world, which is nothing, which amounts to nothing. I maybe talk to you a little bit about why Ahab wanted it? Why did Ahab want this vineyard? Well, we see, first of all, he wanted it because it was accessible. He said, it was near to my house. He says, hey, I'll give you a vineyard that's down the road a little bit. I want this one because it's accessible. It's close to the house here. I can see it from my balconies. I want this one. You can have that one that's further down the road. You know, we've got to be careful about convenient Christianity. There is a real mindset or mentality that people have that we, we want to make Christianity super convenient. I want to make it as simple and as easy as possible for people to fulfill their Christian duty and and we just want it to be convenient. Listen, Christianity's never been about putting God on our schedule. It's about us fitting into his plan into God's plan. Most of the times, the most accessible things aren't really the best things. We see that it was appealing to him. This really is a motivation for all that we get pulled away and into. We know that the Bible tells us we're drawn away and enticed by our own lust, things that are appealing to us. I like to ask young men, if you could have any car in the world... And let's be realistic. Don't tell me a Bugatti that cost you $3 million. Okay, let's, I'm talking about realistically, but money really was not an issue. You could buy any car, what would it be? I like to ask them that because I want to see where they've been investing their mind. If they're listing off the cars that they would get, or they want this one, but they don't want that one because of this, or they want that one because of this, you know. Uh, where is it? Some, some young men I've talked to, they're like, oh, I never really thought about it. You see, they're not consumed with the things of this world. We're drawn away and enticed by our own lust, things that are appealing to us. What's appealing to you that Satan's using to pull you away from God? What is it that's appealing to you, that you desire, that you want? We see, of course, that it was attractive. It was a beautiful vineyard. You know, Satan's going to dress up this old world, make it look as attractive as it can be. But it's still just dirt. It's still just going to burn up someday. It's not going to be worth anything. Another thing I think that he wanted it was because it was against the law. It was forbidden. There's something in the heart of men that we just want whatever we're not supposed to have. I mean, you take Joe and Kate. You could put some cake right here and say, you can have that cake. Put some ice cream right here and say, you can't have the ice cream. What do they want? I mean, they could have all the cake they want, but what do they want? They want the ice cream. Now I'm just using them as those. They may not like ice cream. I don't know. I'm just using, just kids, whatever you, you say, here's 10 toys. You can play with any of those toys. Here's one toy you can't have. What do they want? They want the one that you said no. And all of us are just big kids. We're going to want whatever the Lord looks at and says, this is not for you. This is not what you should be partaking of. This is not where you should be going. This is not what you should be doing. in your heart and mind, you're like, but wait a minute, that's what I want. And God's saying, look at the vineyards that I've already given you. Look at all of the ways I've already blessed you. And you're like, yeah, but what about that one? It was against the law and he desired it. Satan is using these things, beloved, to pull us away from God, I want you to know it's worth it. Satan's going to get up on your shoulder and he's going to say, why not? Just let up a little bit. Why stop, Why continue to stand for what's right? Why work so hard to be at church? Why work so hard to do right? And I see some of you here, you're, you know, can I tell you that Christian education is worth it? I know it costs a lot of money. And it seems ridiculous for uh, how many years have we been here since 2007? How many years is that? Uh, 16 years. We've been paying about $4,500 a year school tax. That's a lot of money we've given the government to educate our kids. but I could never put them in a public school. You see, the cost is not, it, to me, it, the value of my children are worth more yeah. than whatever the cost is. Right. Whatever the cost is, it's worth it to me. It's worth it. And I know sometimes when you pay that school bill, when you buy that curriculum this time of year, and you're like, oh my goodness, another $3,000 down the drain. It's not down the drain. Amen. It's for to give your kids a Christian education. It, it's worth it. Do yeah. You know, just this last week, in the state of Maryland, they have ruled that parents can no longer, they, they have taken parental right away. You can no longer opt out of LGBTQ plus curriculum. Your kids are forced to read and partake of LGBTQ curriculum. So no, you can no longer opt out. You can't. You can't. They, the teachers are not required to inform you that your your child is reading pornographic books. Can I tell you that the books that they're reading in the school that a man tried to read that book in a school meeting and he was forcibly removed from there? Can I tell you Christian education is worth it? I know it takes a lot of work, Mom. I know it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time to try and be the one running the homeschool and getting all that done. And we have the homeschool co-op to try and help you in in a little way. But I just want you to know it's worth it. Satan's going to say it isn't, but it is. It's worth it. I would encourage you to do all you can to give your kids a Christian education and protect them from this world. Beloved, it's worth it to sacrifice Not only is it worth it to stand, but it's worth it to sacrifice. You know, whatever we do, whatever we give to God, it lasts for eternity. Whatever you sacrifice for Him, you give your time, your talents, your treasure, whatever it is, you invest this next week setting up for for Roundup Sunday, you come out and help set the tent up, you gave your your one evening this week, or you give Saturday all day preparation for Roundup Sunday, and and praise the Lord for it, an opportunity to serve and do something for eternity, It's, it's worth it. You come every Sunday afternoon and give your Sunday afternoon to, to prepare music and, and be part of the music program and, and sing in the choir. You know, Satan comes on your shoulder and says, you gave up your nap to come here and sing. Is it really worth it? Can I tell you it's worth it? It's, it's worth it to, to minister, to, 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 to sing and to let God use you and just to do something for the Lord. It's worth it. I mean, what are you going to do? Sleep your life away? I mean, what, what do we accomplish if we're sleeping? N- nothing. And I listen, I value a Sunday afternoon nap. I mean, that's part of Baptist doctrine, I think. <laughs> Get a Sunday afternoon nap. It really helps. But, you know, sometimes you give up the nap to do something for God. It's worth it. It's worth it. Whatever you sacrifice, your time, your talent, your treasures, anything you give to the furtherance and the cause of Christ in, in foreign countries, the missions program of the church, or, or whatever it is, just I want you to know it's worth it. I don't remember who it was. Some One of the pastors or missionaries that was coming through town not too long ago was telling me about somebody in, in another church that they just met. And this pastor was telling him, he says, you see that guy right down there? They'd been saving for 15 years to buy a cabin. They had got their money together to buy a cabin in North Carolina or somewhere like that. And God laid it on their heart. And they just paid off our mortgage. They took that money that they were going to buy a cabin and they paid off the mortgage of the church. A lot of people would look at that and say, Man, you gave up your cabin? How long is a cabin going to last? How much? How much is a? I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a cabin, you know. Have a cabin. Praise the Lord. I'm just saying, you know, what what's really going to last? Only one life will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. I just want you to know it's worth it to sacrifice. Satan's going to try and tell you it's not. You know, Zach came here and gave his summer. He could have done a lot of other things. Just gone and worked a job and made made some money through the summer, but he just stood up here and said it's the best summer he's ever had. It's worth it to serve God. It's worth it to sacrifice. Why is it worth it? It's worth it because of our Savior and what He's done for us. Jesus hung on a cross and bore all my sin and all my shame. whatever I can do for him is worth it. Whatever light affliction that I have in this world right now is but for a moment. It's just for a short time. Can I tell you that persecution, if this world continues the direction it's headed, persecution for Christians is going to get worse. We're going to be at the place where we're going to be wondering, is it worth it to stand? Is it worth it to take a stand for what's right? I want you to know it is. Second Corinthians 4:17 says, "For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory." You see, beloved, what it boils down to is our mindset. I began by telling you about Zach buying a smoothie. For an outrageous price because he wanted it. Because to him, what he got was worth the price he was paying. It was a mindset. And we've got to get a mindset that lines up with this book. And that whatever we do for the Lord is worth it. Don't let Satan convince you or tell you it's not. Because it's him that's selling the bill of goods. It's him that is selling something empty and meaningless. Don't let Satan sell you a bill of goods. Life is short. I know sometimes we feel like it's going to last forever. I tell people the days are long, but the the years pass fast. Sometimes the days just run on, and it's just like you get so weary can you believe that we're almost in September that we're closing at the end of August right here of 2023 I mean it was just yesterday that it was 2020 and we were wondering if the world was going to end now it's 2023 and we're about to start it all over again by the way just let me just let me just say that we're going to we're going to have church. Amen. Amen. Whatever whatever comes, we'll we'll use caution and exercise some wisdom. But we're going to have church because it's worth it. Because it's worth it.